Prayer is simply intimacy with God. Do you know that, um, you know, the reason I like everybody to come up close is because I like making eye contact with people. And do you know when you pray, you're making eye contact with God. You're making eye contact with God. That's pretty marvelous, isn't it? You can make eye contact with God, and you know he loves it. God loves when we come into his presence. And prayer is the key that releases the power of God into the life of the believer. It releases that power. Therefore, it should never just be an event. It shouldn't just be a a weekly prayer meeting. It needs to be a lifestyle of intimacy with God, just a continual awareness of his presence, a continual awareness of his love, of his power, of his greatness, because it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. It is just to be so intimate. I want you to see something in Psalms 119. 119 and verse 164. God hungers for us to commune with him. So in Psalms 119, 164. It's a beautiful scripture. One sixty-four. The psalmist says, seven times a day, I praise you." You know, sometimes we come to church one day out of seven, and we think, "Wow, I did a good thing this week. I came to church one day out of seven. I praise the Lord, worship God." But the psalmist says he does it seven times in one day, not one time out of seven days. He does it seven times a day. That's talking about someone who is intimate with God, someone who is constantly so aware of his presence. And see that you just need to be so aware of his continual presence in your life. Um, And one thing that, that is so encouraging about prayer, that prayer was all God's idea. This wasn't something that man thought of. You know, I think I need to talk to God and tell him he ought to let us communicate with him. No, it was his idea that we pray to him. And it was his idea that the prayer be answered. There's nothing to do with it. It was all God's idea for us to commune with him, to pray to him, and for him to answer the prayer. I mean, that ought to give you great peace right there. Amen. (laughs) So in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 12, it says, Then you will call on me. You will come and you will pray to me. And I will listen to you. See, all of God's plans and purposes for our life individually, corporately, for the church, for your family, for your children, it is all processed through prayer. Prayer is so vital. And you know, another beautiful thing about prayer, there's not one human being, there's not one king or queen Not one president, not one government, not one organization, no law that can stop you from praying. They can make a law. You can't pray in school. Can they stop you? (laughs) It's absolutely impossible. And it's impossible for anybody to stop you from using your faith. 
God made faith and prayer in such a way that it's absolutely impossible for anything or anybody to stop you from doing it. Is that wonderful? Yes, I mean, absolutely wonderful. I don't care what law they make. Can't do it. Just can't do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so that's why we need to do it all the time because nobody can stop us from doing it. And you know what? You can come into the throne room as often as you want. And you can stay as long as you want. And the devil has no entry in that place. Just come on in all the time. You know, there's many different kinds of prayer. You know, we have the prayer of petition, agreement, corporate prayer, prayer of commitment, consecration, intercession, a supplication, praise and worship. There's many different kinds of prayer, but you don't want to get legalistic about it. But if you understand the different kinds of prayer and how they work, it helps you to more cooperate, to more flow with the Holy Spirit in prayer. Because you don't want it just to be legalistic. You don't want it just to be um, a law. But you want to flow with the Holy Spirit because then you're, you're connecting with the one that communicates uh, with you and with the Father. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily how long you pray, but that you pray. You know, I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said he never prayed longer than 10 minutes. That's the longest he ever prayed. But he never went longer than 10 minutes without praying. <laughs> See, it was just, he just had that continual awareness. You know, it's just all day long, whatever you're doing, oh, thank you, Lord, or I'll be watching. Lord, thank you for the rainbow today. Lord, thank you for the beautiful, thank you for that flower down that wildflower. Just constantly talking to him. Thank you, Lord, that I'm breathing right now. You know, it's just that constant awareness of him. You want to, uh, Lord, increase my hearing, my seeing, my knowing. You just want that increase at all times because there again, it is just that lifestyle of intimacy. You don't want to know him from afar. You want to know him up close and personal. And we can do it. Isn't that wonderful? He wants us to do that. Now, in James 5.16, it says, The effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man. This is the Amplified. It says, makes tremendous power available. It is dynamic in its results. The effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes... Tremendous power available. Now, in 1 Peter 3.12, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and he hears their prayers. So there again, it's, it's like that eye contact. He's looking at us. So when we pray to him, you just need to envision yourself eye contact with Father God. Just eye contact. That is just so intimate. Isn't that intimate? I just love that intimacy with God. But many people, many believers, when I talk to, I mean, I have talked to even some very close friends, and it sometimes it just amazes me, but there are some people, believers now, that really question, do I really qualify for God to answer my prayer? It says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and he hears those, their prayers, but am I really righteous? I know the Bible says I am, but... Do I really qualify? You know, and sometimes you just need to be honest with yourself and say, 
do I really believe that God answers my prayer? Do I really believe that he hears me? And this is one thing that we need to get settled today, that you are worthy for him to answer your prayer. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Being unrighteous is passed away. When you get born again, something new happens. You are now made the righteousness of God. In verse 21, for he, talking about God, made him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin to be made sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is called the great exchange. Now, I want to tell you what that word made means. It says, for God made Jesus to be sin. The word made means to be changed. To be changed so that you qualify to serve a specific purpose. Jesus had to be changed from sinless to sin. Jesus had to be made guilty so that he would qualify to pay the penalty of being guilty of sin. We, in exchange, we were made differently. But if you were to be guilty of something, if you were to go to court and you were on trial, and if they say, oh, you're not guilty, well, you may go home and be on your merry way. But if they find you guilty, they don't say, we just wanted to know if you were guilty or not. Goodbye, we'll see you later. No, no. If you're guilty, then you have to pay the penalty. Jesus had to be made guilty so that he would qualify to pay the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death, to be eternally separated from God. But God so loved us so much that he did not want us to be separated from him throughout all eternity. He did not want us. God so loved you and me. So in exchange, we were made or we were changed. So we were changed through the new birth. Only happens through the new birth. Once you are born again, you have been changed. And now you are no longer guilty. You have become not guilty. Therefore, you don't have to pay that penalty because Jesus paid it for us because he was made guilty. Therefore, we have been restored back into fellowship with Father God, the same that Adam had before the fall. We qualify now to have our prayers answered. Adam walked with God in the garden we get to walk with God in righteousness. Now, I want to give you an illustration because, you know, pictures are worth a thousand words. I want uh, two people to come up here and help me with some. Maybe you two ladies right here in the front. You want, <laughs> you want to help me with something? You both can just come up here, just stand right over here. Okay, I'll have you face everybody. I'm going to let you, I'm going to put this around you. 
This represents mankind, the sins. Mankind had, was born with the sin nature. Jesus had no sin in him. Pure, holy, he was righteous. Mankind, born of the sin nature, is destined to go to hell. But God so loved mankind, he did not want us to be separated from him. But we had a sin nature. So he made Jesus, who had no sin in him, he made him to be sin. So the sins of the world, every sickness, every disease, every mental torment, every sin of the entire human race was put upon Jesus. He now became guilty of all those sins. He now qualified to pay the penalty. In exchange, you and I, when we are born again, we now are made not guilty. We are now been made the righteousness of God. After Jesus paid that price, it is finished. He rose again from the dead, and later he ascended into heaven, and he sits now the right hand of the Father, not guilty. And so when God looks at Jesus, who now sits at his right hand, there's no sin in him. And when he looks at you and me, he sees you and me the same as he sees Jesus. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation, no inferiority. It's as though sin never happened. Never happened. And this is how you must see yourself. You qualify, you qualify to have your prayers heard and answered. This is how the Lord sees you when you pray, once you're born again. Amen. So that, do you see how you qualify, how important it is that you see yourself, that you have been made, thank you, that you have been made the righteousness of God. Amen. Sometimes that you can just see something like that. It helps you to visualize that you do qualify. But you need to see yourself that way, and you need to let go of guilt, shame, condemnation. And you think, well, after I've been saved, I've made some mistakes. Well, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to immediately forgive you and cleanse you of all that. Amen. So you need to, because you'll never lose your righteousness. You can lose fellowship, but you repent, and then you're completely back restored. Isn't that good? That is so good that you qualify. He says in Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, he who blots out your transgressions, for he, he does it for his sake. Not for your sake. He does it for his sake because he loves us so much. He doesn't want to see any sin in him, in us. That's why he forgets it. He said, I don't even remember it. So you just need to forgive yourself and don't even talk to him about it because he has no idea what you're even talking about. You're wasting your energy when you can be doing kingdom business. Amen. Amen. So there is therefore now no condemnation. So you must be so aware of that. And righteousness is also a very high position. If you look at Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6. 
we were, he made us alive together with Christ and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when you pray, you never pray from a low position. Never pray begging and pleading him to do something for you. He wants to do it. Don't pray from a low level. You pray you are the righteousness of God. You are seated in heavenly places. Amen? It's so important that you don't, you don't have to beg because you are worthy. He made you worthy to come boldly into the throne room of grace. Just come on in anytime you want to. And you can just stay as long as you want to. Isn't that wonderful? But we need to see ourselves like that. So you need to be, have a continual awareness of who you are, the righteousness of God, and where you are. You're seated in heavenly places. Don't see yourself down here. You see yourself up here. See yourself high and lifted up. High and lifted I love that song, high and lifted up, don't you? Another key to praying effectively is in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, it must be according to his will, then he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know, we know that we know that we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. That's why once you've prayed, you always come back with, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You don't wait to see the answer. Faith doesn't have to see it first. Faith won't see it first. Faith is the eye that sees the invisible. The eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. The eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. And then in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. In other words, he's saying, then I will answer your prayer. I will answer. So his word <clears throat> is his will. That's why it's so critical that you take time to spend time with him every day in his word. Every day. Every day. You want to be in his word every day. That's why I have some of those things out there on that table. That's like the shower card that I have. In the morning, you've got scriptures every morning in the shower before you even go anywhere. Just having that word fresh on the inside of you. Amen? Because that which is fresh is that which will be the most effective. If you have a bowl of fruit on the table and it's a rotten banana and a bruised orange and apple, who wants to eat that? But in the other bowl, a nice yellow banana. I mean, the orange, you can just smell the aroma coming from that orange. Those are the ones you're going to pick because it's fresh. Well, so it is with the word. That which is fresh has the most nutrients in it. It's going to be the most effective. So you want that word to be fresh on the inside of you. <clears throat> in Ephesians 5.17, we're talking about knowing the word of God because that's what you want to pray. In Ephesians 5.17, this is very critical scripture. It says, do not be unwise, but understand 
what the will of the Lord is for every situation of your life. If you don't know what he says about every situation in your life, God, that you're an unwise person. Because when you pray, he wants you to pray according to his word. When you pray his word, you are praying in agreement with Father God. You know, the prayer of agreement is powerful. If any two on earth pray, and then you connect those two with God's word, dynamic results. Praying in agreement with God. That is so awesome. But you can't do it if you don't know what the word says about your specific situation. That's why in Colossians 3.16, the Lord says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you how? Richly. That word richly, it tells you what level you have to have the word inside of you. If the word is in you on a rich level, when you pray, you will get rich level results. But if the word is in you on a low level, you're going to get low level results. See, if your fuel tank is low, you're going to get little mileage in prayer. Very little mileage if your fuel tank is low. That's why you want to have it full all the time. Have that word in you fresh all the time. You know, sometimes people say, well, Marilyn, it's hard for me to memorize scripture. Don't memorize it. Meditate on it. It's when you look at it. And it's so important to look at the word. When you look at the word and then you begin to read it, you've got your eye. Your eye um, is involved. You read it out loud, your mouth gate's involved. If you read it out loud, your ear gate's involved. When you get the eye gate, the mouth gate, the ear gate involved, it's going to get into the heart gate. And then you'll amaze yourself. Pretty soon it just comes out of here. Don't try to make it come out of here. It's not going to come out of here. You've got to get it in here through the eye gate, the mouth gate, the ear gate, and get it into the heart gate. And then it, whoo, you just amaze yourself. Driving down the street or in the bus or something, all of a sudden that word of God just rose up right on the inside of you. Or you're trying to share the word with somebody, oh, there it is. It's just right there. Because you put it in here. And see, you're connecting with, you're flowing with the Holy Spirit then. And he's on your side. God put him in there for a purpose. It's just, mm, it's just so awesome. You know, and it's just, ooh, it's just there. It just comes out of you. (laughs) Isn't that fun? I mean, it's fun being a Christian. I tell you, it's great. I love being a Christian. I've been a Christian for 63 years. Been a wonderful life. (laughs) I've made some mistakes, like all of us, but I've known the Lord through it all. That makes all the difference in the world. So, but you want to keep your fuel tank full because it's critical to know what the Word says about your situation. See, we have to live by faith according to the word. We walk by faith according to the word. Amen. So Mark eleven twenty four. I know you know this scripture, but whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, you believe. It's not after you see the results. It's when you pray. That's when you believe. This is the confidence that you have in him. 
You need to be so fully persuaded that he heard your prayer. He's going to answer your prayer when it's lining up with his word. Because, you know, he wants it answered more than you do. You pray for your family's salvation. Don't you know God wants them saved more than you do? You're praying for somebody to be healed. Don't you know God wants them healed more than you do? He wants you healed more than you. you even yourself wants you healed. Because his love is so immeasurable. You can't even begin to measure how much God loves you. Unconditional. And he needs you healed because he needs you to fulfill the Great Commission. He needs you to be a testimony to other people that, look at those Christians. They never seem to get sick. Or if they do, man, it's just, they just come right back. That's a witness to the glory of God. He, need, he doesn't want a bunch of sick, mangled, crippled, blind saints. He needs us healed and whole and strong. Woo! Ready to go. Amen? So you have to remember, he wants it more than you do. So he wants to answer. But he cannot answer unless somebody first asks him. Because he has put limitations on himself. He said, you have to ask me. He said, I know what you need, but you need to ask me. He wants you to communicate. He needs you to communicate with him. Amen. It's so imp- that's so important to God that you communicate. So when you pray, that's when you believe. And your prayers, when you pray in faith, infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, you now are able to change and rearrange what needed to be changed, what needed to be rearranged. When you pray in faith and infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's pretty amazing that you can change. Everything that seems impossible is all subject to change through the power of faith, prayers filled and infused with the Holy Spirit. The word of God. I mean, that is just, ought to just make you want to jump around, around the room right now. Just, you know, <laughs> because it's all going to happen. That's when you totally, 100% trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not half of it. Not three quarters. But all of your heart. You've got to trust him with all of your heart. In Mark eleven twenty four, I want to read it out of the Amplified. For this reason, I am telling you. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Fully persuaded. How was Abraham fully persuaded? So the prayer of faith, again, it sees the invisible. Faith sees the invisible It hears the inaudible, it holds the intangible, and it's the power that works the impossible. That's what faith is. I'll read that back. Prayer prayer of faith, it sees the invisible, it hears the inaudible, it can grab hold of the intangible, and it's the power that works the impossible. That's awesome. The prayer of faith, it changes rearranges what needs to be changed and rearranged. That which is impossible with man is all possible with God through prayer. Luke 18, 27. It's all possible with God. I like that scripture because it says the things that are impossible with man, with the doctor, with the banker, with the lawyer, it's all possible with God. That's pretty, 
that's pretty comforting to know. Amen? That all things are subject to change. But when you pray God's word, it has to come from your heart. It's that heartfelt, effectual, fervent prayer. It's like fire and the power of God going back into the heavenlies and producing results. Your prayer can go back into the heavenlies and things change. It's like fire into your words. When I was a little girl, my dad would take my brothers and I to the circus. And I was always amazed about this one man. They called him the fire eater. Remember that? He would light that torch and then put that in his mouth. And then he'd take the torch away and he opened his mouth and fire just comes out of his mouth. I used to say, wow, how did he ever do that? Now, it was a trick there, but it's not a trick in the word. Look, and it says in Jeremiah 5, 14, it says, God says, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire. Woo, you can speak fire. (laughs) That makes a big difference. Our prayers have dynamic results when they are infused by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that encouraging? That's the power of prayer, that you can literally change and rearrange anything that needs to be changed. So going, again, that is that effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. You have been made righteous. And you need to see yourself in that position. Because otherwise, if you don't see yourself like that, if you don't forgive yourself, you are hindering your prayers. You will not be able to pray with boldness. You will not be able to pray with confidence. You need to be able to do that. You need to know that God wants to answer your prayers. You need to know that God loves you that much. You know, I I like what it says in Ephesians 3, that you would be rooted and grounded in his love. Let's look at that for just a second. Be rooted and grounded in his love. Because when you, when you are fully persuaded that God loves you, I'm telling you, walking by faith is so much easier. Walking by faith is so much easier when you know. Um, let's just start with, well, with, with verse um, 15. From whom the whole family in earth and heaven, heaven and earth is, is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and length and width and depth and to know the love of Christ. You need to know it in your heart, not in your head. You need to know that he loves you, that you are the apple of his eye. You need to have that much confidence that when you pray, it says in Philippians 4, 16, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That means just pour out your heart to God. Just pour it out. He wants to hear your cry. Now, you don't want to be crying, but he just wants to, what are you, what's bothering you? Just, just let it out to him and then just let that peace come. He said, then the peace of God that passes all understanding, it will flood your heart. Just flooding your heart with all this peace because you're fully persuaded. He heard you and he just told you, don't you worry about a thing. 
Don't you worry about one thing. You just come and tell me. Just let me know your request. Isn't that just beautiful? Don't be anxious about anything. And then when that peace comes, peace is the indicator that you are in faith. And, you know, you can, you can mm. test yourself. You know if you've got anxiety on the inside of you. You know, when, when that happens, just if you know that you don't have peace, you go back into your prayer closet and you start to build yourself up. And praying in the Holy Ghost is the best way to build yourself up. It says so in Jude 20, build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. And then verse 21, stay in the love of God. Just stand in that love cocoon with God. And you build yourself up. And then you come back out of your prayer closet and you think about that situation. Do you have still anxiety about that situation? If there's any anxiety, you go right back into that prayer closet. I, I say this because I've had to do that before. And I was working on a situation. I came back out. And I thought, okay. Now I'm going to see that myself in that situation. Oh, I don't feel so good about that. I better go back. And I, and I did. I went back and back and back. Did it numerous times because my goal was to get to the place where I could face that situation. And I actually said, hmm, that's a disappointment, period. And when you put the period there, you never go back. It's over. But I had to go back and forth to make sure there was no more anxiety about it. That I, because it's learning to handle disappointments. Mm. Because I'm telling you, there's always going to be disappointments in life. There's always going to be a shattered dream, a wounded heart, a broken spirit, a disappointment. It's always going to be there. But if you can learn to handle it, I'm telling you that, is a, that will be a great accomplishment in your life. But you go and you just got to build yourself up. And if it takes 20 times to go back into that prayer room. But this is how you can, does it help you? To, you can see how you test yourself. You come back out and then you see yourself in that situation. If there's, if there's just one ounce of anxiety, one ounce of fear or worry, you get right back in there. Build yourself up more. You just keep doing it until you can say, hmm, well, that's a disappointment. Guess I'll just move on, period. And you do. And then let God take care of it. Because if you don't do that, you are weakening the strength of your prayer life with, with fear and worry and anxiety. You don't want to do that. You want to know what the Word of God says about your situation Fully trust him in that situation. Because when those negative thoughts come, you know, it says in Proverbs chapter 4. Turn there if you would. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. As well as going into the prayer closet and building yourself up, you, you, you go in there with the word of God. And you find what the word says about your situation. And you keep your eyes on that word, whether it's by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, he, he will supply every need I have. You find a scripture that is for your situation and you keep your eyes on that scripture until you see yourself in your heart exactly what that word says about you. You stay in his presence 
until you see it on the inside. Amen? That's why the word, being in the word every day is so, so important. You want to stay in his word. Another, is this helping you today? So another key in praying effectively is in Romans 8.26. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself, he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, he gives strength to the weakness of our prayers. That gives me so much comfort to know that I myself, I cannot pray a perfect prayer. But when I pray with the Holy Spirit, he perfects my prayer. He puts strength where in my own ability, I'm weak. But when I pray in my heavenly language, that prayer is perfect. Because if I only pray in my own English, my own language, I pray out more of my own personal desires, my personal will for, say, for my children. I want my children to go to this university, or I want my kids to to marry this person, or I want my, my husband or my spouse to do this. Maybe that's not God's best. He might have something much, much better. So it gets your own personal fleshly desires out of the way. Now, if they're right, praise the Lord. You've just covered them in the Holy Ghost with perfection. But if it's not right, you've just opened that door for the perfect place for your child, perfect place for your spouse, perfect place for you, whether it's for your job, for a relationship, whatever it is. I mean, it is so wonderful to know I can pray a perfect prayer. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that comforting? Hallelujah. But I can't do it on my own. I have to have my helper work with me. And that's what he was sent for. He was sent to be my helper. So you want to stay in his presence. In 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You know, you might be going through a situation. You think, well, it's a puzzle to me. It is a mystery to me. But it's not a mystery to God. And he says, no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries mysteries. Now, why is it a mystery? It's a mystery in the first place because there's certain things that God doesn't want the devil to know, but he wants you to know the mystery. So he's the revealer of mysteries to his children. So you're not in the dark. Isn't that wonderful? Because there's certain things he wants you to know that the devil doesn't need to know. So it's kept a secret from him. But it's not to be a secret for the children of God. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, He reveals secrets to his servants. 
I like to know secrets from God, don't you? Especially when it pertains to my life. So you want to be conscious that you are speaking to your heavenly father. And he is speaking to you. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are tapping into the realm of the answer. Whatever you're going through in your life, you can tap into the realm of the answer. Questions can come to your mind, but answers come from here. And you have the ability to tap in there anytime you want to. That is so fantastic. So fantastic. That's why you shouldn't have any worries. You can just tap in to find out what that secret is. Mm, I, I just love it. I just love it. So don't reach into your mind, but reach within. Always reach within for the answer. You can never, never bypass the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. He is there to help you in prayer. <clears throat> there is a story about, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> about this elephant. This big old elephant, he's in the jungle, and he's about to cross this swinging bridge. And just as he's about to cross the bridge, this little fly lands on his ear. And so together they're going across this bridge, and every step that elephant takes the bridge to swings and squeaks and squeaks and swings back and forth and back and forth. And finally the elephant gets all the way across the bridge. And that little fly whispers in his ear, Mr. Elephant, together, we sure made that bridge swing, didn't we? (laughs) See, it's together with the Holy Ghost. You can swing your community. You can swing your city. You can swing your nation. You can swing your family. Together with the Holy Ghost. We just need to know the power of what God has given us in the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is just just so wonderful. And, you know, when you're praying in in the Holy Spirit, it reveals mysteries to you. It reveals uh, things that can hinder your prayers. Amen. Um, Is this time for us to take a break? Okay, we're going to take a break right now, okay, because I see it's 10 o'clock. Is this good? Are you helping? Is this helping you? Okay, we'll come back. How long is the break, Pastor? 10 minutes. 10 minutes.